This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. in our Bible is given to us for a reason. We see how Paul handles himself before a world, a legal system that really has no respect and no interest in God. And there's going to be times where the church, we're getting there, where the church is going to be in court because the justices of the Supreme Court, they do not fear God. They do not fear God. This is why it's important for us as Christians to be ready. Do you live your life in such a way where you could be accused of being a Christian? Would the evidence stack against you, leaving no doubt? Sharing the gospel shouldn't be a crime, but this is exactly what Paul was facing, as we'll hear in today's teaching with Pastor Eddie. This passage is becoming more and more relevant today, as many churches and Christians are finding themselves outside the law. The lesson for us is, get ready. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie with today's edition of Running the Race. need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to reevaluate your life as a Christian to see whether or not you can defend the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are churches today that are slowly pulling out the pages of their Bibles that has anything to do with the resurrection. All they want to do right now is tickle your ears. As long as they got a stadium full of people, they just want to tickle your ears. They don't want to speak the truth. No one's going to go to heaven by having the ears tickled. People want to go to heaven by repentance and pointing to Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And there are churches today that are not even teaching. If they don't teach on Easter Sunday, they won't teach it at all. But that's the heart of the gospel is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul's in prison right now. That's why he's going through so much. And that's sometimes I even question myself, am I really being bold for Jesus? Maybe I need to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. Because what happens is, you know, I'm not getting persecuted that much. If you're not getting persecuted that much, then guess what? You know, you're just, you know, a closet Christian. I'm not saying that being a Christian, you're always going to have problems. You're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see people, you're going to see lives changed. They're going to question you, the skeptics. And just like here, it says, they ask questions against Paul. They're going to ask questions about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're going to say, how can you prove that Jesus Christ rose from the grave? Can you today? If you can't, I want to encourage you to learn how to defend Jesus Christ and his resurrection. That comes from studying the scripture. That's why we teach the scripture. I'm not here to make friends by trying to tickle your ears. I'm here to make a family in the body of Christ by speaking the truth. So you tell them the first thing we could look at history, and you find that there's been an incredible explosion of Christians right there in the very heart of the city where they crucified our Lord and Savior. Even the birth of the church. 
Our birth, our history, your heritage, your history started there in the upper room in Jerusalem, the day of Pentecost. And it's still alive today. Secondly, the very Christians, they suffered and died only to testify that Jesus is the Christ and he rose from the grave. They die speaking about the very resurrection that Paul is being charged with. They suffered and died. Everyone knows, we all know that liars always lie for selfish reasons. What were the reasons of the martyrs early and even up to today? What were their reasons to lie about the resurrection of Jesus? But let's go back to that time when Jesus rose from the grave. Why would the apostles lie? Why would the disciples lie? Every single one of them, with the exception of two, ten had died a martyr's death. Judas committed suicide and, you know, the Lord needed John. What was their motive? What did they get out of it by lying? Instead, these true Christians wholeheartedly believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. What they got out of it was nothing but rejection, persecution, torture, and martyrdom. Think about that. Those are real Christians. And it kind of challenges me. And we live in a country where we still have the freedom. It's, it's being taken away from us little by little. Little by little is being taken away from us. But we have every right to speak. There are so many Christians willing to die for the belief. Why were they willing to die for the belief? Number one, because they truly believed in Jesus and his resurrection. There were eyewitness accounts. And the scripture tells us at one time, 500 saw the resurrected Jesus. And the scripture tells us in the first chapter of Acts that Jesus was here for 40 days after his resurrection. They believe. And secondly, the reason why they are dying for their belief is because the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, saints, is the same power that's going to rise you from the grave for those who believe. Because he conquered sin and death, because he conquered the grave, saints, we believe in him. We have eternal life. Therefore, we will die physically, but we will not die eternally. Our spirit and our soul, our glorified bodies will stand before him just as he is. The same power. Jesus says, I have the power to lay down my life. I have the power to raise it up again. And that same power that rose Jesus from the grave is going to rise you from the grave. So they believe in the resurrection. And thirdly, we see the Old Testament prophets, over 300 Messianic prophecies that spoke of Jesus the Messiah, just in the Old Testament alone. And there are numerous and hundreds of scriptures that talked about the Messiah, that he would die. Here's Psalms 16.10. It says, for you will not leave my soul in Shiloh, nor will you allow your Holy One, that's speaking of Jesus, your Holy One to see corruption. He will not see corruption. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is going to raise us from the grave. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy, Matthew 28, verse 6, out of one of the four Gospels. He is not here, it says, for he is risen. And he said, come, see the place where the Lord laid. It's empty. They've witnessed Christ alive. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 8. Paul writes to the church of Corinth, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, 
then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. This is the resurrection saints. Reason why I kind of park here a little bit because Paul was able to defend himself. He was a scholar. He was a Pharisee. And he gave his life to the Lord. And now he knows the scripture. Here he stands. He doesn't have the New Testament like you and I, we have. We have the New Testament. Paul was able to turn the world around to Christ with just the Old Testament scriptures. There are times I open up the Old Testament and, you know, just reveal things to people when you share the gospel. But I can tell you, man, that's hard. Paul believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, the ancient Jewish historian Flavius Josephus established the fact, he said that the Bible is at bare minimum a historical, reliable book. This is one of the oldest historians. If you don't want to believe in the accounts of the scriptures, we'll look at one of the oldest historians that ever lived. His name is Josephus Flavius. He was one of the old Jewish historians at that time. He says, it's a historically reliable book. And so saints, sometimes we need to go back to basics. We need to go back and evaluate our lives. And if we truly believe in Jesus Christ and his resurrection, we better be ready to defend the gospel. We need to be ready to give an answer when we're asked a question against the resurrection. When they ask you questions against your Messiah, your Lord and Savior, when they ask you questions about your God, when they ask you questions about the resurrection, be ready to give an answer. Here, Paul, he's going to stand before them. He's going to share the gospel. So I encourage you, learn the word. And so Festus, he's going to continue to say to King Agrippa, he said, but they had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who had died, whom Paul affirmed to be alive, verse 20. And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there be judged concerning this matter. But when Paul appealed to be reserved for the decision of August I commanded him to be kept till I could send him to Caesar. Verse 22, then Agrippa said to Phetus, I also would like to hear the man myself. And Festus said, tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. This is a very unusual, special case that King Agrippa himself has to hear. He said, listen, I got to hear this. I got to hear this guy. He's causing trouble in Jerusalem. He was a Pharisee, one guy, one man. And so many people changed their lives to believe a dead man to be alive. All of Asia Minor, all through there in the Galatia, and all the churches have been birthed out. They're just spreading like wildfire. And these Jews want to kill him. This is an unusual special case. Felix didn't know how to handle it, and Festus doesn't know how to handle it, you know. All the most powerful men he went against, even their famous, popular celebrity lawyer. He was able to defend the gospel. And so Agrippa had to see for himself and hear from Paul. Now, wouldn't that be an awesome testimony, a reputation of you? Oh, listen, I got to hear this guy. Yeah, this guy, you know, John, you got to hear him. He always talks about the gospel. Yeah, you know, I heard about church people, but you know what? This guy knows the scriptures. It's good that people know you as a Christian, that you know what you're talking about. You know, not just being a fanatic. Oh, he's just a hallelujah Bible thumper, you know. But, you know, I asked him questions. I challenged him. I asked questions against him in the resurrection. He had the answer, and it was amazing. 
Verse 23, so the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with, the, with great pomp and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city, at Festus' command, Paul was brought in. So you can imagine the scene here. This is really one of those scenes where, you know, Hollywood probably would do a good job in just giving you the scenery here. But if you can only imagine, you have the king here and his sister Bernice there. You have uh, all the commanders there, an auditorium full of people, the prominent people. You have King Agrippa with his sister. They're probably wearing their nice fancy purple robe, which symbolizes royalty. You have the commander there uh, with his military officers in their red robes, you know, which speaks of authority. And then you see the prominent men, elected officials, wealthy men. And of course, you have an auditorium full of people. And it was all these spectators right there, Caesarea. Now, if you know Paul, this doesn't shake Paul at all. Paul loves to talk in front of a crowd because that's the opportunity you have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just to show how crazy Paul is, you remember when they wanted to kill him and there was a mob in the arena, right, Uh, there in Ephesus. And, you know, it was a mob just going into the arena. They wanted to kill somebody. Nobody knew who was, you know, it was just so much chaos in a riot, just like every riot. There's no direction. People just riot. Why are we rioting? I don't know. I see everybody doing it. Guess what? I'm rioting. Hey, there's a store. Let's go in there and get some free stuff, you know. It's pretty much what happened. And Paul, little did they know that Paul was the reason why they're rioting. And Paul said, yeah, they're there in the arena. Oh, can I speak to them? Paul's crazy. I love him. You don't care if they want to kill him. He'll speak to a mob of murderers. He did that also when he stood there at the steps of the Antonin Fortress right there in Jerusalem in chapter 23. He said, listen, he even asked the commander what the commander, you know, kept him. He said, listen, they're going to kill you. He said, can I speak to them? He's like, are you crazy? But this is Paul. He doesn't care. He has the opportunity. He has a captive audience. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 24. Then Festus says, King Agrippa and all men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me, both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. That's what they cried out. Say, so he's not fit to live any longer. When he stood there at the steps of the Antonia Fortress right there, sharing to the very people that wanted to kill him. When Paul says, listen, I'm sharing the gospel. I met the Lord on the road to Damascus, and he spoke to me, and I'm to share the gospel to the Gentiles. And what did they say in Acts 22, verse 22? said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he's not fit to live. Not fit to live. He didn't kill anyone. He's just sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all he's doing. They didn't like, when he mentioned the word Gentiles, they said, what? We with Gentiles? That doesn't happen. Jews are not to fellowship with Gentiles. They're not to eat with Gentiles. They're not to do anything with Gentiles. Let alone what made matters worse is that Paul was saying that, listen, we could serve God, both Jews and Gentiles. What? Wait a minute. Now he's deserving of death. He said, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer, verse 25. But when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death, and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. What am I going to write? 
Festus, he's in a pickle right now. Because again, he inherited Paul from Felix. But now he's been under his care for some time now. Why is he still there? As soon as he got to Caesarea, he should have said, why is this man here? Okay, well, he needs to go to Caesar. Or he needs to be set free. There's no charges. He didn't handle it himself. So now he has to find out, what am I going to write to Caesar? He appealed to Caesar. I have to send him with a letter. What can I write? What are the charges? It's going to look really bad on him. You remember in chapter 23, when Claudius, the commander, Lysus sent Paul to Felix, he sent him with a letter. When you send it to your next governing authority, you have to write down, what are the charges? He doesn't know the charges. But he is smart. Fetus is smart because not only the fact that King Agrippa is king, he has a king there, but King Agrippa knows very well, he's well-educated for a 30-year-old man in the Jewish customs and their laws. He knows about their customs and laws. So he figured he brings him out. He says, therefore, I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. Verse 27, for it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. And that's what he's doing. He's in a pickle now. What do I tell Caesar? You know, saints, this here is written for us, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I believe every word that's in our Bible is given to us for a reason. We see how Paul handles himself before a world, a legal system that really has no respect and no interest in God. And there's going to be times where the church, we're getting there, where the church is going to be in court because the justices of the Supreme Court They do not fear God. They do not fear God. And this is why it's important for us as Christians to be ready. To be ready because, yes, as Christians, as good testament, we ought to obey the laws of the land. We ought to obey the law. If it's a crime, if it's illegal, we're to be legal. Regardless, we're to obey the laws of the land. However, and I wouldn't be surprised that it wouldn't be too long that the laws go against your faith, against the scriptures. And that's when, my friends, saints, church, believers in Jesus Christ, is where we draw the line. When they tell us, I cannot preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they tell us we cannot have our Bibles. When they tell us we cannot hand out tracts. When they tell us we can't share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then, and only then, is when we say, you know what? I'm going to still preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The time will come soon where they're going to say, hey, this is a church. Okay, great. Public, yeah. Yeah, you got a handicap accessory. Yeah, yeah. Handicap parking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a transgender bathroom? Think about it. You think we're not going to go through that? Guess what? I'm getting ready for prison ministry because I'm not going to compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not. I'm not. And Paul didn't do it, neither am I. That's the times we're living in. That's why it's important for the church to be ready. Because it's better to listen to man or to listen to God. You will be challenged. I guarantee you, you will be challenged. If not you, your children will. You care about your children, you better start working on that right now. Start praying for our country. 
start praying for our government. That's the world we live in. They're going to tell you, you can't be a Christian. You won't have a place to fellowship because the door is going to be closed because guess what? Now they're sensitive. All of a sudden became weak people. When I grew up, I was always told, sticky stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Now all of a sudden we're so sensitive. We had 18-year-olds go to war in Vietnam. Now we got 20 or 30-somethings crying about it. Now we're sensitive. Now that's a crime. Offended my feelings, he offended me. It's offensive. And you know what's offensive? The truth, and that's the gospel. So it's always going to be offensive. So where do you think that's going to put you? But you need to be ready. Acts chapter 4, verse 19, this is what Peter said. When Peter was stood before the Sanhedrin council, they told him, stop speaking about Jesus. Peter said this in Acts chapter 4, verse 19. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. That would be my answer. I'm going to memorize this scripture, probably put a tattoo on my body. Just in case if I go to prison, they can't give me my Bible. <laughs> And then Acts chapter 5, verse 29, we said we ought to obey God rather than man. And so we need to be ready. You need to study the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and be ready to share that. Jesus said in this world you would have tribulation. Not great tribulation because only God's giving great tribulation. And you want to see how God's going to give great tribulation? You don't want to be here? That's in Revelation chapter 6 to 19. The world will give you tribulation. They can't give you great tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, they persecuted me. I'll save you, Jesus Christ. Think about this, saints. They crucified our Lord and Savior. What makes you think that they're not going to crucify you or persecute you? And still, you're in America. We don't know what persecution is. Think about it. But be ready for your children's sake. I'm not here to bring fear. I'm here to give you facts. There's a difference. Be ready. Raise up your children in the ways of God. Pray for your church. Pray for the community. Pray for the leaders. Pray for the elected official. And so saints, when they ask questions against you to mock sarcastically, who is this Jesus? Did he rise from the grave? Yes, he did. He's alive and well. He sits at the right hand of the Father. The tomb is still empty, by the way, if you go to Jerusalem. And guess what? The church is still alive today. From the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, the church is thriving. Maybe thriving more in third world country because they know what it is to be persecuted. We're spoiled here. We don't know what it is. Until the tragedy happens, now the churches are full. 9-11 happened. Churches were filled. A couple of weeks later, churches are empty. Be ready. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy. Perhaps a family member or friend or even a neighbor came to mind while you were listening today. We'd love to help you share God's Word. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. 
Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 570-296-7367. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at runningtheraceradio.com. Once again, you've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel in Milford, Pennsylvania. In the next edition of Running the Race, Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts. So please make plans to join us. On behalf of Pastor Eddie and everyone here with Running the Race, we'd like to thank you for listening today. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. Running the Race.